This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Exclude sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's in Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, and by Fry the Coop. Here are your hosts, NBC Chicago's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Let's drop the puck. Welcome in, friends, to this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago, recording, as always, right here in lovely Bourbon, Illinois. Jay Zawoski of 6 and the score is out in Homewood. And, Jay, we have, I know it's an exhibition game, but the first Blackhawks game in four and a half months to discuss this evening. And to make it even better, it was a victory over the Blues. <sighs> everything's good. great in Hawktum. <laughs> Woo! it was kind of fun it didn't start off great but it got fun towards the end we got we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about the blackhawks press release on the future of headdresses at blackhawks games and we'll probably take a little bit of a look ahead to the edmonton oilers that series begins on saturday before i get to all the propers reminder saturday during the game James and I are going to be on Hot Mike. You can watch the game along with us. I was also thinking, James, what we could do is just keep it rolling and uh, do a live podcast right there on Hot Mike. People can watch us record the podcast. That could be fun, too. Um, so let's let's talk about that off the air. But if you want to get in touch with us, madhousepod at gmail.com, Twitter uh, at madhousepod, and we're on Instagram, madhouse underscore pod. Uh, getting a lot more active there on the Instagram uh, so make sure you follow us there for all sorts of fun stuff, show highlights, all those good things. Oh, by the way, for the Hot Mic thing, download the Hot Mic app at your app store, uh, iOS, wherever you get your apps. And it's, if, if, if it's your first time downloading, it's going to ask you for a promo code. Use the code MADHOUSE when you sign up, and it will give James and I some help, some financial help, which we appreciate. And then join us at 2 o'clock for Hawks Oilers Game 1 on Saturday. All right, so... Hawks win 4 nothing in Edmonton over the Blues. And before we get to the game, I've been tweeting about it. How awesome do the arenas look? They did an mm. awesome job with that, man. It looks so cool for them to come up with not just like the tarps for the chairs, but the whole like like futuristic scaffolding and the video boards. I think the NHL has really knocked this entire thing out of the park and further if you were looking at the Hawks Instagram last night, they were showing you some like footage from inside the bubble. The NHL, I can't believe I'm saying it, the NHL is absolutely killing this return to play. I would I would prefer you to use a different verb. I They're think doing a good killing. job with this Thank return you. to play. <laughs> um that that criticism of your uh your very lovely praise of the NHL aside, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think that when I saw when I saw the images for the first time, I think this is going to kind of describe to you kind of just how awesome it is. I thought it was a computer-generated thing. I was like, yes. oh, this is just a total – is a model for what it's going to look like. There's no way that's what this is actually going to be. And then they show it in real life, and I'm like, oh, dear Lord, this is gorgeous. Like, I – I wasn't going to be like too bummed out if there were like definitely empty seats visible and you could kind of tell that it was a little bit of a different feel for a game. I think that 
the way the NHL has done it, at least so far, has been really good. Like you're hearing, obviously, you're hearing a lot more like player interaction. You're hearing the puck, just that beautiful sound of it hitting off the boards, the skates cutting on the ice, like all those awesome sounds that you're used to hearing in an empty like rink when you're watching practice or something are all there. But at the same time, you have this like awesome vibe that you're not just playing in like a cavernous, empty arena. It feels like a very lively, brightly lit experience. And that was on full display tonight. And aside from the game itself, which I assure our listeners, we will eventually talk about <laughs> the presentation that's been going into this. The la- the couple of games that I've been able to watch, the exhibition games has been really good. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, by the way, a little quick note about that. If you sign up for NHL.tv, I think it's $4.99 for the entire playoffs. And That is correct. As far as the exhibition, I can only speak to exhibition, but even if the game was on a national network like NHL Network or NBC Sportsnet, you could still watch it on NHL.tv. So that's totally worth it. Um, if you're not going to be around your TV or you don't get NHL Network like me, you can still watch those games on NHL.tv for $4.99 for the remainder of the playoffs. Really, really solid deal. All right, let's get to the hockey. couple things on my note sheet here, James, that I want to get to, and I know you have some as well. So I'm going to give you some quick bullet points. You can do the same, and then we'll, we'll focus on some bigger picture stuff. Kirby Doc, we have heard about his game throughout the summer camp, or whatever you want to call it. Duncan Keith calling him out specifically is a guy who's really been impressive. Kirby Doc was arguably the best player on the ice for either team in this game. Now, there's guys you can make the argument. Dominic Kubelik looked really good. I thought Alex Petrangelo had a really nice game for St. Louis. Uh, Obviously, Tarasenko had a really nice start to the game. But Kirby Doc was right there with those guys. And what really impressed me was how he did on the penalty kill. Broke up a couple plays, one at the blue line and sent it the other way just looking very competent, very strong on the puck. And we we saw earlier this season, we saw the flashes from Kirby Doc. We're like, holy cow, that movie pulled off, or the speed, or the hands, or whatever. But it seemed like he got knocked off the puck a lot. You were not seeing that in this game. And yes, I understand that both teams were probably playing at 85, 90% intensity. But Doc is bigger, he's stronger, he's definitely faster And I I think just his confidence is through the roof right now, and it really showed. I would be inclined to agree with you on all of those points that you made about Kirby Doc. I definitely wrote down a few times today that I was impressed by something that he did. I I thought it was noteworthy. I know it's an exhibition game. Doesn't mean anything when we get to Saturday. This could be completely different. But remember, Kirby Doc played a grand total of, what, five or six minutes of penalty kill time? during the regular season and he was out there multiple times tonight and like you said making really strong plays there's no way that you can act like develop a two-way game without being put out into situations like that whether it's going out against a team's top defensive line in the defensive zone or playing penalty kill minutes and I do think that Kirby Doc has the physicality the skill and like just the size period to go out there and be an effective weapon up the middle of the ice against these teams on defense. And yeah, there's going to be times when he'll probably make some mistakes. Obviously it's not like being a two way guy is something that just comes naturally to everybody, but I definitely liked what I saw out of him on that penalty kill. Like you said, just a lot of really good, smart plays. And then on offense tonight, including on the power play, I loved the little move that he made when they were cycling the puck around the zone there in the third period. I love that instead of just camping out in front of the goal, which, I mean, obviously is a great thing to do. If you're a big guy like him, you can definitely screen the guy. Take advantage of your hands. If the Blues are going to give you the side of the net, essentially – Take like just go to it. And then what the Blues ended up doing is they end up collapsing on him and Dominic Kubalik just gets to come up this wide open seam up the middle of the ice. And Doc's got the hands to make that play. It was a really awesomely drawn up play, a really well executed play. And just another example of I thought a lot of intelligent things, honestly, that the Blackhawks did in this game tonight. Yeah, once they got the shook the rust off. You saw that they were, you know, using their leg because in the first period they looked really slow. They're getting beaten every puck. Obviously, the Blues are bigger than them, and that was really showing. But then as the game went on and they started to get their legs under them a little bit, 
their speed was starting to show. Their offensive ability was starting to show up too. So I was encouraged by what I saw in this game. Again, exhibition. The Blues probably don't have as much invested in it as the Blackhawks do. All those things are true. But uh, a 4 nothing victory is a 4 nothing victory. Secondly, Corey Crawford gets to start. Uh, not overly challenged. Didn't face a ton of difficult shots. But to me, looked like the normal Corey Crawford. He looked strong in the net. He took a couple hits and reacted to those well. Obviously, he didn't have a concussion. He had COVID. But, you know, to see him bounce back up, to kind of have a bit of a red ass a couple times during the game, Corey Crawford, to me, looked like Corey Crawford, and that was really encouraging. And then Malcolm Subban came in and did a really solid job in goal, too. Had to make one or two pretty tough saves, but did it. Looked calm, looked collected. That was my – when I first saw Subban for that 45 seconds or whatever it was this year – it just looked like a fire drill when he was out there. He looked scared. He looked confused. I know it's it's hard to go in cold. I liked what I saw from Malcolm Subban a lot better. So I wonder if this tells us that Subban will go in to the Edmonton series as the backup. I, I bet I would I would imagine that's going to be the case. Uh, I would I would agree with that. I think the the Crawford thing. I did want to pick your brain on one particular thing with him. I believe it was in the first period he got hit and the Blackhawks got a power play. Did you think that was a little bit of message sending by the Blues? I know it's an exhibition game, but that was pretty blatant to me, at least, that they were trying to get in Crawford's head a little bit. And, yeah, they maybe went over the line a little bit, but it didn't look like a straight-up accident. I didn't think so at the time. I think Highmore gave him a little bit of a nudge, too, into the net. Um, Possibly. You know, you want to – I'm kind of – if that's the case, though – I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad they get him engaged right away. And and I heard Eddie and Pat talking, uh, and Eddie said he talked to Eric Johnson from Colorado after the game, and he was saying it's weird. It's hard to get the intensity up with no crowd, and it's something that teams are going to have to kind of find a way to do. If that's what it took for Corey Crawford to find his level and for the team to find their level, so be it. I mean, obviously you don't want your goalie taking hits or anything, but whatever it's going to take to make these games feel real, every team in this tournament is going to have to find a way to get fired up and get up, you know, get that game level intensity without the the benefit of a crowd. And I think that, you know, oftentimes we can dismiss those sort of things, especially in modern sports where everything's looked at scientifically and mathematically, the crowd does have an effect. The adrenaline has an effect. And if there's no adrenaline coming from the crowd, it's going to be an adjustment for the players. Eric Johnson said it himself, so, yeah, I mean, whatever it takes to get them engaged, go for it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I do. Th- and I, again, I'm not saying that he was like deliberately run over. Like, I just yeah, think that sure. they were trying to get into his crease and just kind of crowd him a little bit. I think that that and, and in an exhibition game, it's not something I was necessarily expecting. But like you like you did say, it could potentially be one of those things that could be looked at as almost like a net positive since he didn't get hurt and it probably just kind of lit a bit of a fire under him, I think. Um, I did also want to uh, shout out one guy who I wasn't overly impressed with tonight. Are we allowed to go into a little bit of negative territory uh, here? Or yes. You prefer to... No, I, okay. haven't, I have a negative <laughs> thought on my notes next. Okay. My negative thought of the evening is I wasn't... I know, and I know, it's partly the fact that he's just kind of trying to get back up to game speed and all that, but wasn't overly impressed with Calvin DeHaan tonight. Had a couple of pretty lazy penalties there during the game. I wasn't liking the way he was kind of approaching things. It almost looked like he was definitely a step or two slow, and that's not a good thing in an exhibition game against a team that didn't really have anything to gain by playing particularly hard tonight. And that's obviously not to discredit the Blackhawks. They played a really solid game, but I obviously the Blues were not – they were not in full tilt tonight, I will say. And I didn't like the fact that Calvin DeHaan was repeatedly reaching out and grabbing guys and using his stick as a, you know, a tool of the defense and all that. Not that's a terrible phrase. I don't care. I'm just saying I didn't <laughs> like what, I, I didn't like what Calvin DeHaan did tonight. And it's something that I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on as we move forward into game one of this series. I know there was a lot of talk about whether or not Brent Seabrook was going to be ready if he had ended up making the roster after the surgeries that he had in the offseason. I think after watching that game, it remains a very fair question to ask whether or not Calvin DeHaan is ready to be playing for this team. That's totally fair. Um, and I thought, you know, Lucas Carlson as a seventh defenseman looked pretty good until he got smashed by uh, the guy I call Shaving Cream, Barbashev. Um, man, he got smoked in the face but popped right up and, and it was fine. 
I don't know. I, I sort of had the same feeling about Dehan. I thought the, the second penalty was a little bit ticky-tack, but it was a penalty. I mean, he was definitely holding him. That's not who I had in my notes, though. Um, Alex Nylander. Boy, oh, boy. Ow. Oh. The roller coaster emotions. you see how emotions. mad Patrick Kane got at him during this game tonight? Well, and that's... That- Look, the, Patrick Kane's reaction to – it was going to be a potential two-on-one. Kane had the puck, and Nylander just couldn't hold up. It's not like Nylander was going at a full speed either. He was just excited to make the play. The more I watch this kid play, there's two things I observe. He is a very inefficient hockey player. He wastes steps. He wastes moves. He wastes time. It's like he's trying to wheel and make fancy plays all the time. Sometimes just get the pu- the puck back to the point, man, and and leave the zone. Everything with him is an extra two or three moves. The other thing, and this goes to the Patrick Kane uh, <laughs> furious rage after the offsides play. I don't know how intelligent of a hockey player Alex Nylander is. I don't know I how mean, that's s- come up before. I am going to point that out. We have had this discussion. Yeah, I just I don't know how situationally aware he is. Um, there were a couple moments in the first period. He ran into Duncan Keith right in the slot. Later in the period, he and Kane were behind the St. Louis goal at the same time, and Nylander just sort of stood there like, where do I go? It's like, dude, figure it out. You're an NHL player. Look, he has supreme skill. There's no doubt about it. He's got supreme ability. But mentally, he just doesn't seem there. I don't know if it's a, a fear of failure I don't know if it's a lack of understanding of the NHL game. I don't know what it is. And I still don't know enough about Jeremy Colleton as a coach to know if he's going to be able to coach that out of him. I don't know Mm. that. I really don't. And, you know, you gave up a good hockey player to get him. We all we're not going to rehash that again. But, man, I I was excited because he had had a good summer camp. It's like, okay, maybe like Doc, he's coming around and he's going to make that turn. He looked absolutely lost tonight absolutely lost for most of the game I am gonna go ahead and say that I agree with everything you said about Alex Nylander I have a question about him and then I have a comment to kind of contrast something that I saw from another player tonight to kind of give Alex Nylander something to aspire to I will say my question to you is you're Jeremy Colleton you now have uh, glasses and a nice suit congratulations thank you would you would you my wife's finally Saturday, attracted to me <laughs> <laughs> would you play uh Nylander or would you play Sakura on Saturday night Nylander I, I Dylan Sakura is a guy I, he's a he's you know they talk about four a baseball players I Dylan Sakura is fast and that's really all I know about him uh, at least I know that Nylander can put up points at the NHL level uh if you put him on a good line maybe he'll he'll contribute I I wonder if Patrick Kane's going to say, get this clown off my line. You know what I mean? And you saw later in the game, uh, Cowton put Taves, Kubalik, and Saad together. Well, that could put DeBrinkett on Kane's line with Strom, uh, which we've seen many, many times in the past. And and you might see Alex Nylander bo- bump to the bottom six. But if it's between Nylander and Dylan Sakura, I'm still taking Nylander just based on the su- the sometimes flashes that we see from him, I've seen basically nothing from Dylan Sakura. I can I can go with that argument. I can also say that I'm not a huge uh, big flag waving supporter of him potentially being on the line with Dylan Strome and Patrick Kane in Game One. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ahead and say that out of the Blackhawks lines tonight, I thought the top line of Kubalik, Taves, and Saad was awesome. Yep. And then I really liked what Stroman Kane did in the game. Nylander, not so much. No, he was one, wasn't a big fan of him tonight. And speaking of Dylan Strom, that is the guy that I was going to bring up on Dylan's goal tonight. I wanted to point this out because I pointed it out on Twitter and it just really stood out to me. I thought the Blackhawks, especially early in the game, were getting really sloppy and kind of lazy with some of their zone entries. Like you're they're They weren't dumping the puck in. They weren't driving in with speed. It just kind of felt like they were coasting along the blue line and just letting the blues close them out and just completely short-circuit everything that they were trying to do. Strom did that on his goal. He kind of like did this like casual skate into the zone, got boxed in by a couple of blues players, but instead of just kind of letting the play go and like letting the blues start moving the other way, Dylan Strom actually like, 
picked his head up, went and got the puck back from the Blues, fed it to the side, and then took the pass from Patrick Kane and scored. Like, I, to me, that right there was just such a great example of what you do if you make a mistake. You don't mope around to get irritated about it or, you know, just pretend like, oh, I'm going to slink off the ice. No, what you do is you pick your head up, you go and do something about it, and that's exactly what Dylan Strom did. And I think that a guy like Nylander would be really well served to watch something like that and take it to heart. I give Dylan Strom a lot of credit for that play. It was beautifully executed. And, of course, when you've got 88 feeding you the puck, I mean, there's not much that you really have to do but I just thought like setting that play up by doing that was a really good rebound off of a bad mistake by Dylan Strom you get your ass out there and you find that effing dog (laughs) that's what you're saying to Alex Nylander basically that's essentially what I mean yeah (laughs) hey want to tell you about our friends nothing wrong with that what I said (laughs) absolutely not you are 100% correct learn by example young man you've got a brother that's an excellent hockey player you had a dad that was a really good hockey player be more like them Hey, I want to tell you real quick about our friends at Triple Threat Sports, triplethreadsports.com. You want a Hawks jersey to look an authentic, a replica, but it's going to look like it looked on the ice tonight. Triple Threat Sports is the place to go, but they're also churning out masks. We're going to need masks for a long time. I know it's frustrating. I know it's uh, sort of depressing, but it's a reality. If you want to get a nicer mask, if you're done paying for paper masks over and over and over again, Get one you can use over and over again from Triple Threat Sports. Give them a call 708-478-6090 or email chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. We thank them for their continued support. All right, a guy that's come up a couple times in this conversation uh, has to come up again. Dominic Kubalik, man. This guy, he he's... <laughs> Every shift he makes more money. I swear to God, <laughs> he was so so good tonight. And uh, man, probably the t- two best scoring chances he had didn't go in. But uh, two goals for Kubalik. Uh, one, the second one, beautifully set up by Kirby Doc. Um, you know, it, there's a lot more positive coming out of this game than I expected. Um, but man, Kubalik was from jump the most ready to go. He looked the most ready, the most prepared, the most in shape, the most in sync, and the rest of the team sort of caught up as the game went on. But man, any sort of doubts I've had about Dominic Kulik, like, "Eh, you know, is 30 goals is great, but is it real? Is it sustainable? Is this really the guy he is? The evidence just keeps piling up that this dude is legit. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say about him? I mean, he just always is in the right place at the right time, just has this seeming knack of getting into open space all the time. And then when he gets the puck, he doesn't, like, panic. He doesn't have to think about what he's going to do. He's a tremendous instinctual hockey player, and he's a really skilled one, too. Like the the play I was talking about earlier on the power play where he just got into that open seam on the ice, I think he recognized that play developing the way that he did, and he just found that spot to go and shoot. And then on his second goal of the game, he essentially did the same thing, and Jake Allen just kind of decided, man, I don't feel like stopping this. That was was one of the softer goals that Mr. Allen has uh, given up in recent memory, but it was just it was amazing watching him play tonight because it's so readily apparent that that dude is just he's got so much skill it's crazy like I cannot believe that the Blackhawks yet again are finding another I'm not saying this guy's Artemi Panarin because well nobody's the one trick pony other than Artemi Panarin Hart Trophy Hart Trophy nomination nominee by the way Hart Trophy nominated one trick pony Artemi Panarin shut up dude um He hey by, by the way uh, Tavo Teravainen scored a goal. Why Carolina? I don't bring up your I don't bring up your hockey bad opinion all the time. I, I do that all the time. You I said the Blackhawks should have kept Martin Havlat over Marion Hosek. God, what an idiot I was. We're not always going to be correct, but we no both duff. of us have a pretty good track record. I would say. I, I and I also feel like we're willing to make fun of ourselves if we make a mistake. I just the the Tavo thing was completely gratuitous. Yeah, I'm you're sorry. just a jerk. That's all. Any, there's, yeah, there's nothing I can really do about that one other than apologize. Anyway, where was I? Oh, I don't yeah. know. I, I was saying that Dominic Kubelik, it's just amazing that the Blackhawks are continuously able to find these guys that come over from Europe and they, you know, become Calder nominees when they're like, what, 35, 36 years old? It's amazing. 
It's quite remarkable. There, that's that's. I think that is probably Stan Bowman's best asset, and you got to give it to his scouts too, um, that they can find these guys internationally. I would say that and finding goaltending are the two things Stan Bowman's really good at. And under the radar, we talked about it a little bit. Pia Suter could be like another Kubalik type. So don't sleep on that signing that they just made. Pia Suter is going to be a big part of things for the Hawks next season. Uh, and I don't know if he's going to be a 30-goal guy, but Kubalik had, what, 30 goals and 16 assists or something like that? In a I, shortened season. Yeah, I could see uh, I could see Suter in a you know, 40, 50-point sort of a scenario based on everything I've read about the guys. So uh, another good international signing for Stan Bowman. Uh, obviously, with Kubalik, it was a trade. But, hey, they scouted the guy, they saw him play, and they knew what they were getting, and they were absolutely right about it. All right, anything else on your notepad you want to get to? Uh, let me give it one more look. I feel like we've pretty much uh, – Give it a perusal. Ev- yeah, we've pretty much hit everything tonight, man. Like, I, the Black – obviously, we're doing a lot of analysis of, like, one exhibition game. But That's for God's sake, it was just great to see That's hockey back, man. <laughs> Yeah, that's all we got. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, there there really wasn't much else. Like I just I'm glad that the Blackhawks penalty kill does still look pretty solid. They're definitely going to need it against a team like Edmonton, yeah. and obviously we'll get to that. But that was the one. If there's going to be any takeaways tonight that I or takeaways that we can move forward with out of this game, it's going to be that Dominic Kubalik looks flipping awesome. Yep, and that the Blackhawks penalty kill maybe just maybe has a chance to slow Edmonton down a little bit because I think they're playing a really good fundamental style of hockey. Well, let's do this. Let's take a break, We're, and then when we come back, we'll preview the Oilers a little bit. We'll get into the Blackhawks statement about headdresses and the United Center. But first, I want to tell you about our newest partner, Dr. Squatch Soap Company, drsquatch.com. Use that promo code MADHOUSE to save on your order. I've been talking about them for about three months now, and every day it seems like I get a feedback email from a listener saying, man, I'm so glad I ordered this stuff. It's great. All natural soaps made in the USA. Fix your skin. Fix your hair with the hair care kit. Make sure you get that soap saver to protect your soap investment. You're paying a little more for high-quality premium soap. Make it last with that soap saver. That's a one-time investment, but you're going to want that for sure. However, that's not all Dr. Squatch offers. They're selling hand sanitizer now and nicely scented hand sanitizer. They've got the hair care kit, which I mentioned. They've got beard oil. They've got cologne. They've got a candle they sell of the Bay Rum scent. So go to DrSquatch.com. Check out the website. Take that Squatch quiz at the top right corner of the page. And when you check out, enter that promo code MADHOUSE. You will save on your order. You will help James and I. And uh, you'll be very happy. Everyone, really, that's ordered Dr. Squatch has been very, very pleased with it. Uh, I am a subscriber. I am a user. I'm a believer. And that's why I reached out to them about advertising on the podcast. So drsquatch.com, use that promo code MADHOUSE. We'll be right back with a whole lot more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price, just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Excludes sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroYTMobile.com. Introducing touch-free payments from PayPal. A safe way for your customers to pay. Simply download the PayPal app and display your own unique QR code for your customers to scan. Whether you're a market seller. I'll take two tomatoes and a cucumber. Poodle pamperer. <laughs> piano tuner. Or plumber. Signing up to accept touch-free payments for your business is easy. Touch-free QR code payments. Shop safe with PayPal. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Jay Zawoski here in Homewood. James Naveau out there in Bourbon A. Hawks beat the Oilers. Nope. Hawks beat the Blues 4 to nothing. Boy, we wish they beat the Oilers. <laughs> We're gonna, they're going to sweep them getting a little bit ahead of ourselves but uh man uh, hockey, sweet. hockey is here but we want to tell you about our friends at fry the coop the best damn hot chicken sandwich or hot chicken period you'll have in your entire life okay oaklawn elmhurst west town well street market coming soon to an area new year i'm not sure if i'm 
supposed to reveal this, but they're going to be in Tinley Park soon. Which I is thought super- they had already revealed that before. I think you're safe. I, I think so, but I didn't know if COVID slowed things down. But the, the plans are out. They're going to be open in the fall in Tinley Park. That's the plan for now. All right, Fry the Coop. You've never been? And I know when I say the best Nashville hot chicken I've ever had, you roll your eyes. I've been to all the places in Nashville. All of them. Fry the Coop is better than all of them. Crispy, hot, fresh. Nothing's ever frozen at Fry the Coop. The Nashville hot fried, the Nashville hot fried chicken sandwich, fried chicken coleslaw, pickles, special sauce on a brioche bun, the spicy butter fried chicken sandwich. When you go to Fry the Coop, no matter what you order, ask for that side of spicy honey butter. It is an absolute game changer. They've got heat levels from country, which is no heat, to little insanity, which just has a quote next to it. Rest in peace. The hot, <laughs> I can barely handle. There's two heats beyond the hot. There's crazy and little insanity. Awesome fries. Awesome um, uh, pimento mac and cheese, which is delicious. And the coupe de grasse, my friend Micah's favorite sandwich, the donut fried chicken sandwich. It's fried chicken, pickle, special sauce, served on a glazed donut. Check out frythecoop.com. Come get your happiness at Fry the Coop. You can order online. You can walk right up to the window. You will be thrilled at Fry the Coop. All right. So Hawks Oilers finally, finally, finally face off on Saturday. James and I, just to remind you, will be on the Hot Mic app doing the broadcast, uh, watching the game live with you. End of the season. The Oilers were 37-25-9. and uh, that's 83 points compared to the Hawks, 32, 30, and 8 for 72 points. Five on five, these teams are pretty even. When you look at the numbers, five on five, the Blackhawks and Oilers are very, very similar. But, James, you mentioned the Blackhawks penalty kill looking better, and thank God, because the Oilers have a historically great power play. Like, one of the best of all time. Number one in the league, they've obviously have the league's best player in Connor McDavid, one of the league's other best players in Leon Dreisaitl. They are lethal on the power play. If that's not enough, they have the league's second overall penalty kill. So even strength is where the Hawks are going to have to do their damage. And maybe this is one of those times where you're like, maybe it's a good thing the Hawks aren't an overly physical team because they absolutely must stay out of the penalty box. Well, yeah, they they not only have to be uh, you know very careful about not being overly physical in this game, but they also have to make sure that their positioning is sound. We saw that multiple times tonight. If you're not going to be positioned well against a guy, especially guys with the speed that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl both definitely have, you have to make sure that you're not just letting them blow around you on the edges. Otherwise, you're going to start grabbing for them. And I know that referees are a lot more conservative in the postseason than they are during the regular season, but I'm still going to tell you, you get that handout and grab a handful of jersey, or if you trip a guy, they're still going to call it. And like you said, they have a historically good power play. And if you're going to let them have that man advantage, odds are, like, it doesn't matter how well you're playing, they're probably going to make you pay. Leon Dreisaitl had 44 flipping power play points this season, had 16 goals on the man advantage. Connor McDavid, oh, all he did was have 11 goals and 32 assists on the freaking power play this season. The Oilers are unreal when they have the man advantage. The Blackhawks, with some of their defensive deficiencies, are really going to have to be careful against these guys because you watch them work. It is terrifying and beautiful at the same time, and I don't (laughs) want the Hawks to have to deal with that a whole heck of a lot in this series. Well, you mentioned, uh, you know, the referees sort of swallowing their whistles in the playoffs. They're not going to do that for Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid is the game's biggest star, and he's going to get every call. And look, he's earned that. We, as Blackhawks fans, definitely know what that's like. Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Marion Hossa, Duncan Keith, those guys for a very long time, and still to some point, get away with things and get the benefit of the doubt on calls. Those things are earned. Hawks fans saw it with Steve Eiserman for what seemed like probably a century, where Steve Eiserman seemed to get every call his way. That's earned. McDavid has earned it. Dreisaitl has probably earned it. Even a guy like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who's been a good player for a long time, has probably earned that. So the other thing you mentioned is the speed. McDavid's hockey's fastest skater. 
And when we talk about Brent Seabrook not being included on the roster, that's probably a consideration. Uh, you don't want to see number seven getting blown by by number 97. That's that's not a good look. And while Slater Cuckoo or Lucas Carlson or whoever's going to be the replacement uh, for Seabrook, whoever's going to be the number six defenseman, you know, they're faster than a still recovering, still not 100% Brent Seabrook. So I get it. And I wonder if this series was against Nashville or Dallas or St. Louis or whoever, if Brent Seabrook would have drawn in, maybe the consideration was Brent just cannot keep up with a team with this much skill and speed. And that's probably a prudent decision. Yeah, it probably is, but I don't know, man. I, I still, the way that Brent Seabrook was talking about, he's not sure about his future with the team. I don't think that's how it was probably explained to him. I know that he's definitely a competitor. I, I, I don't think, though, that that was a, oh, I'm so ticked off that they don't think I'm fast enough. Like, I don't think he would have elicited quite that reaction out of him if Jeremy Colleton had just been like, look, Connor McDavid versus you, LOL. And if he had left <laughs> it at that, it probably would have been fine. He is a millennial. Like, maybe that's maybe that's the text he sent Brent to tell me he wasn't traveling. God dang it, Blackie <laughs> Hubcap. What the heck's wrong with you? What does that even mean, by the way? I have no idea what his Twitter <laughs> handle means. By the way, if Blackhawks fans don't know that, Jeremy Colleton is on Twitter. His ha- his handle is Blackie Hubcap for some reason. No idea. I don't. I'd, it, it's not even like an obscure letter Kenny reference. Like I was hoping it'd be something like that, but it's not. So don't know if anybody knows hit us up madhousepod at gmail.com. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, but it, this is not a two man team, by the way, it's not just dry settle. It's not just McDavid. Uh, James Neal is on this team and uh, had a down year in what was it Calgary two years ago where he had a, where he struggled a little bit. Went there, yeah. He went there as a big free agent signing. Only had twelve points in sixty-three games, but a bit of a bounce back year with the Oilers. Thirty-one points in fifty-five games. That's the sort of guy, a big physical power forward with a lot of experience that can make a difference in a playoff series. And the kid that terrifies me, and yes, he's probably the beneficiary of playing with McDavid and Drysdale for at least part of the year. Twenty-one-year-old Kyler Yamamoto. Twenty-one years old, twenty-seven games. 26 points plus 17 this is just another weapon that the Edmonton Oilers have and he was awesome against the Blackhawks when they played him this year he was just he had two goals against the Hawks on February 11th another goal against them on March 5th I'm just going through the game log here yeah he was a holy terror against the Blackhawks so that's a kid to watch we already mentioned Nugent Hopkins um Ethan Bear good young defenseman 23 years old himself. Uh, this is a pretty solid team, a solid young team. Um, so it's not just the McDavid and Drysaddle show. There are other guys to stop beyond the big two. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I'm definitely glad that you brought up uh, those guys for sure, especially Bear. I think that he doesn't get a lot of credit just based on how many other big stars are on that team. Freaking Yamamoto, man. Like, down the stretch, he looked absolutely awesome for Edmondson. And then the other night against Calgary also looked pretty terrifying where you're just like, (laughs) oh, dear Lord, the Blackhawks have so many problems that they're about to walk into. I'm not saying that I'm not confident that the Blackhawks can at least, like, be competitive in this thing. But just when you have weapon after weapon that can just come at you like this Edmonton team has, like you just look up and down their roster, like is 34 points from an Oscar Clefbaum really going to blow you away? Eh, probably not. 34 (laughs) from a Zach Cassian? Nah, not really. But then when you consider just how many of those types of guys they do have, and then, oh, yeah, the superstars that they have too, that's a rough defensive assignment for a team that's already missing one of its veteran leaders and might have a, another veteran leader who's not exactly at 100% right now. And, oh, by the way, Ole Mata might be the slowest skater in the entire NHL. So, oh, yay. <laughs> there's not, <laughs> Other there's than that, though. Of like, there's a lot of terror that's happening right now as I look up and down this lineup. But they can hang. But the Hawks can hang can with them. They can still hang. Yeah. They still – we saw it tonight, man. They have offensive weapons that they can definitely use. And the good thing for me, the thing that I like – 
is it sure doesn't look like Kirby Doc and Dominic Kubalik are exactly intimidated or rusty or anything. They look, I know it's an exhibition game. They were still playing with a lot of flipping confidence tonight, and they've been practicing with a lot of flipping confidence. They clearly are relishing this opportunity to be on this stage. And I know it's the playoffs, it's a different beast, but man, I'm really appreciating just the mentality that those guys are carrying into this series. And if those guys can produce, and if guys like Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrincat can do the things that we know they are capable of doing, the Blackhawks can at least make this competitive. I know we can be terrified all we want of Edmonton. The Hawks have some horses too. Yeah, watch the Hawks beat the Oilers, and then the Oilers get the number one overall pick. I've already said this. You cannot bring this up. You cannot throw that back at me. I said it last week. No, no. I get to hear about Tavo all day and the one-trick pony Artemi Panarin. Are you going to bring up Tuomo Rusu now, too? Is that going to happen Actually, I'm going to bring up uh, Peter Chiarelli. Do you think the Blackhawks might hire (laughs) him to be there? (laughs) No. Stop it. Oh, by the way. Oh, Uh, little little something. Little something. Early in the game, they showed Doug Armstrong uh, in the Blues uh, booth. Pat Foley, our good friend Doug Armstrong. Keep an eye on that. Hmm. Just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just Uh-oh. Saying. Do, do we need to bust out like the uh, breaking news banner on this? Is Not this yet. A, uh, I've heard is some this things. Is this a Zawaski scoop? No, I can't go that far yet, but I, I've heard. Here's what I'll say. I've heard that name enough for it to not be complete BS. Let's just hmm. say that. Um, by the now, way, are you, I'm assuming you're talking like a president role, yes. right? You can't, you're not talking about not just coming in to be the GM. Correct. Um, but I'm a little bit ahead of myself on that. But I've heard the name a lot from a lot of different people. So just something to keep an eye on. Uh, by the way, we mentioned Ethan Bear. Did you see the exhibition game? He was wearing his name in Cree on the back. I did. So cool. I love I that. Have a que- I have a question about that. Yes. Why can't he just do that all the time? I don't know. If he, But if he asked, they wouldn't tell him no. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think they're... If there is an NHL rule against that, that's kind of nonsense, you know? Like, I think that, you know, I, I like that Major League Baseball was allowing players to have accents above their names, you know, to spell them correctly. <laughs> yes. I, I think that the NHL, like, if it's something like that, why the heck wouldn't you? It's not like this is like something that seems like it'd be real easy as a league to make the decision to honor Whatever player's wishes you have in this situation, I would be totally down if he wants to wear that lettering on his jersey for the remainder of this thing and for the rest of his career. I think that'd be a really great idea, and I loved seeing him do that last yeah, night. I mean, all that becomes is incredibly marketable. Like, you could have Russian players with the traditional Rus- Russian spellings on the back. That, that would be awesome. I would love that. Anyway, this leads us nicely into our next topic. But first, got to shout out our friends at Marishka's, our original sponsors here on the madhouse podcast they've been with us since the big Novoski days so thank you to marishka's out in crest hill 604 theater street you've heard of marishka's you've heard of the poor boys even if you haven't heard you're like the name marishka's that sounds familiar yeah it's the place out near joliet with the poor boys oh yeah i hear a lot about that place well yeah, yeah of course you do because it's awesome you jerk go out there and try it 604 theater street like i said family owned and operated since 1933 and that's why You've heard about Marishka's for uh, with as much love as you have. But it's not just the poor boys, the chops, the seafoods, even the craft beer menu when things open back up. Absolutely great. Go visit our friends, the Zadralovich the, the family. <laughs> I'm sorry. The Zadralovich family is hard to say, and Joe knows that. I usually do okay with it. But I'm a, you usually don't fart when you say it. Is that what you're trying to indicate <laughs> yes, to me? I'm not usually as mush-mouthed with du- my read. Duly noted. Yeah, okay. thank you. Uh, but go visit them. Marishka's, Crest Hill, Facebook.com slash Marishka's or Marishka's.com, M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So go soak yourself in poor boy juice. You will be very happy you did. Oh, two things I want to get to real quick. Before we get to the headdress thing, did you see the Hawks are doing – drive-in watch parties at the Schaumburg Boomers Stadium? I did actually see that, and I think that's a brilliant idea. It seems, like, blatantly obvious. Why the heck wouldn't you do that? That's awesome, and it also helps the Boomers who don't have a season uh, and get people get to see that. I've been to the stadium once, and I went and saw Bob Dylan and Willie Nelson front row. 
at the Boomer Stadium. That was you didn't a, even go to a game there. You went to a concert there. Typical. I, no, Zawoski. you know what? I have been to a game there too. So I've been there twice. Um, but it's an awesome facility, and not, it'll get people out there. And, and when baseball comes back, minor league baseball comes back, maybe people will go see it. So check that out on the Hawks website. All the details are there. Okay, but the big non-hockey story of the day uh, today, which is Wednesday, the Blackhawks released a press release. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but they're basically banning headdresses from the, from the United Center. Here's what it says. Moving forward, headdresses will be prohibited for fans entering Blackhawks sanctions events or the United Center when Blackhawks home games resume. These symbols are sacred, traditionally reserved for leaders who have earned a place of great respect in their tribe and should not be generalized or used as a costume for everyday wear. Today, we also want to share that the Blackhawks are building a platform that will further integrate Native American culture and storytelling across our organization, from broader community outreach and engagement and front office staff education to an increased presence within our game presentation around our arena and across all of our team's digital channels. So there's a long press release. It's easy to find. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this is a good step. Um, and you know, you and I have talked at length about the logo, about the mascot, about the team name, all those things, but this is an acknowledgement from the Blackhawks. And I think when we talked about this, this is what I said is, you know, the Blackhawks say they've got this great relationship with the native American community, but they don't show it. And there is no history of Blackhawk throughout the arena. I'm glad they listened to what the fans were saying and what some, what their critics were saying. And they're going to actually integrate some history of the tribe and of Blackhawk into the game presentation. I think it's a really good move. And it's also definitely a more public uh, kind of facing thing that they can do because I know they've been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes with a lot of different tribes around the Chicagoland area. I know the Tribune and a couple other publications have done a really good job of kind of profiling that community work that the Blackhawks are doing with the Native American community. And I think that, like you said, bringing that history to Blackhawks fans and kind of like, you know, having people learn, you know, where, where did, what was Chief Blackhawks like, what was his story? Where, where did this name come from? All of those things I think are going to be, they're going to be awesome to see in the United Center. I can't wait to get back in there and to see just how they present those things. And I obviously like it almost goes without saying, I'm pretty sure that anybody who listens to this podcast could have told you exactly what you and I would have said about the decision to ban headdresses at the arena. Duh. So overdue, such an easy thing to do. And I haven't honestly seen a lot of people worked up about it. And if anybody is worked up about it, too bad, dude. Like, yeah. get get with the times. Like, that is, it was always a silly thing. And, like, it was always something that I would hope the Blackhawks would get rid of. And they finally did. So kudos to them for finally doing something that was, frankly, long overdue. Yeah, and, and look, I don't want to, they, they have been doing stuff behind the scenes. And that's great, too. They should have been doing that. That's totally appropriate. But now... You said it, front-facing. That's important. Let your fans know who Blackhawk was and what he stood for and what he fought for and all those things. That's important. And as a kid, when I started getting into the Blackhawks, I started getting into Native Americans too because I was like, what does this mean? What is this? And I've always sort of have it, had an affinity for Native American art and culture, and I've attended some powwows, and I just, I'm into it. I think it's a, I think it's a very cool history of our nation that is sadly brushed over and ignored and uh, glossed up, to say the very least. It's absolutely horrific what happened to the Native people of this country um, and what continues to happen to the Native people of this country. And hopefully that struggle from the day you know Europeans arrived on this soil to now, that struggle is profiled by the Blackhawks. I'm not saying they have to you know make people cry during intermissions, but hey, let people know how they can help how they get involved and how, and how to make a change on these things. So yeah, don't keep, t well, and I'm glad it's not just going to be one of those things where they're like, Oh, we we're going to keep our nickname and our logo. And we're just going to, you know, we're going to say like, we're going to do all this work in the community, yada, yada. It's better that they're actually doing something that's going to be very visible and very tangible and evident when you go to the United Center. Like, it would have been real easy to just let it stay with words and words only, and they definitely seem to be backing it up with actions. So, good for them. Well, James, the next time we speak and the next time our listeners hear us 
It will be during a live, meaningful hockey playoff game Saturday. Join James and I during the game from puck drop to puck end. I guess final horn would be the right word. Uh, We are going to be on Hot Mike. If you've not watched Hot Mike before, really cool. It's a second screen. While you watch the game, you can sync up your TV. James and I will be there commenting on the game, answering your questions. If you don't have the Hot Mike app, go to your app store, download Hot Mike, H-O-T-M-I-C, and enter that promo code MADHOUSE. Join us Saturday during the game. And, of course, as this series goes on, there will be post-game podcasts each and every night. Let's hope uh, the Hawks can make this a nice long series and, and hopefully advance. But until we talk to you on Saturday, this has been the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hockey is back. Tell a friend about us. We want more listeners. We want a bigger Madhouse Podcast community. And that uh, that happens with your, uh, you know, your word of mouth. So thank you for listening. Thanks to those of you who have been there from the beginning. Those of you who are just finding us now, this has been the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We will talk to you on Saturday after Blackhawks playoff hockey. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports, Marishka's and Crest Hill, Dr. Squatch, and by Fry the Coop. What you doing? Designing my new 2021 Nissan Kicks Online in the Kicks Color Studio. I give each a special name. This one's electric blue, orange, red, white. I call it the gumball machine. You think it's me? I feel like you're more of a red velvet guy. Limitless possibilities. With over 100 million available color combinations and Bose Personal Plus system. In the boldly new 2021 Nissan Kicks. Bose is the registered trademark of the Bose Corporation. Color combinations include interior and exterior colors. Customization is an available feature subject to availability at participating Nissan dealer. See dealer for details. Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive-thru and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. Aw, babe, just a few. (laughs) All right, I guess I can't blame you. Pass me some, too. (laughs) The smells too good to get it all the way home meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six-piece spicy or classic for just two bucks, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.